You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code Vox MMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is up, my friends? How is everyone? I think I speak for everyone here at the MMA Fighting Staff when I say that I wish you a very happy 2023. I hope you're all out there having a wonderful start to the new year, making those resolutions, getting things done. Hope you enjoyed the holiday. And oh boy, I am excited today. Uh, this is the MMA Fighting Ranking Show. My name is Sean Oshadi. I am joined by my co-conspirator, the Prince of Positivity, the King of the North, Alexander K. Lee and AK. We are back at it again, my man, 2022. It's behind us. New year is ahead. It's a clean slate. Just what a beautiful time of year. How are you feeling today, buddy? You go to hell, Al Shadi. Oh, sorry. I I, uh, I thought we had... <laughs> I, thought I jumped the gun there. I, I thought we had uh, proceeded to the next stage of the podcast. I forgot we were still doing the intro. Uh, I mean, it's you're right. It's wonderful. It's been a wonderful holiday. We've had some uh, pretty terrible news in the MMA community, but, you know, we're, we're bouncing back. We're, we're working through. We're looking ahead to... Uh, Hopefully more positive things as 2023 goes along and hopefully a super positive podcast today with the uh, the caster characters that we've gathered, Gene. Yeah, hopefully we can bring a little levity to your lives here today. So, of course, uh, maybe you already know by now, but we have a little special show here for you guys today. Usually we're coming at you after pay-per-views, but today's a little bonus episode of the Reiki Show. And oh, yes, it is one of my favorite shows we do on here, AK. A festivus for the rest of us, if you will. Welcome to the second annual Arian of Grievances. Newcomers. <laughs> the tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now you're going to hear about it. Uh, normally we like to have a group of four on here. Today, though, we're making it a party. We got six, count them, six out of the eight panelists on, uh, on here for the website. Damon Martin, Jed Mishu, Mike Heck, 
and the return of Mr. 3024 himself, E. Casey Layden. Uh, and AK, we did this last year. Now we're running it back. Do you want to explain to the people real quickly what we're doing here? Yeah, listen, uh, I'm very proud of the rankings to, that we've put together, the only rankings that matter. The MMA Fighting Global Rankings, the MMA Fighting Pound for Pound Rankings. But, you know, behind the scenes, I mean, maybe not so much behind the scenes if people listen to the podcast, uh, the rankings podcast regularly. Uh, but it gets even uglier behind the scenes sometimes. We have some disagreements. We have some discrepancies. You know, we're not always on the same page when it comes to ranking certain fighters. Uh, and and uh, every now and then, Shaheen, I think we'll all agree, it's good to have a little bit of bloodletting. It's good to kind of let the pressure out. <laughs> It's good to, you know, just say what's on your mind because we're a family. We're a family. We're family. We love each other. We love each other. But families, you know, again, don't agree on everything. So once a year around this, this special time of the season, yes, we. it is important, I think, to air, air the grievances and to uh, just to, to go into the new year with a clean slate. A little family therapy, right? Like the family mm-hmm. that fights together, loves together. I don't know. I don't know. There's some kind of phrase there. If somebody <laughs> could land on it. Uh but yes, yeah, so basically a little supersized roundtable here. Our little version of a secret Santa gifts exchange only instead of gifts is our chance to air the grievances that have built up over the course of the year. Uh, and so what we've done, we've asked all of you guys here to bring one or two names that you have sung, singled out, one or two little beefs that have just been simmering that you want to ask somebody about. Why is this guy so high on your rankings? Why is he so low? What are you thinking with this one? We're going to take turns going around the room little friendly dialogue. Let's please try to keep it civil. Let's try not to hurt anyone's feelings. Let's try not to gang up. And most of all, let's just really try not to get anyone fired. Uh, that's kind of the goal of this podcast. We're all friends here. But quickly, before we start, what's the mood in the room here? Anyone, feel free to chime in. There's six people. So this is just have at it. What's the mood in the room? How's people feeling? It's a, uh, this is tough. It's, it's a, the rankings. I, I'll be honest. I, I don't, the airing agreements is I don't have as many problems as you people this year, but I will say that the mood, <laughs> the mood in MMA is a little downtrodden right now. We have not had a couple of good days in mixed martial arts. So uh, I'm actually looking forward to this to hopefully, even though we're airing grievances to bring a little levity uh, to the sport because things have been real heavy these last couple of days. Yeah, this is tough this year. Last year, we were just free flow and stuff. Now we get six of us on. I thought for sure we we're going to have like a two and a half hour podcast at, at the very least, maybe a two parter, like a WrestleMania four type of airing of grievances. But just actually looking at the rankings, I think this should be it. This should be pretty easy to do. So, yeah, I have a lot of problems with a lot of people in the MA space, but I could say that you five individuals, I only have a few minor problems with and you'll hear them soon enough. Airing of nitpicks, if you will. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I'm almost all the way on board with that. But there are two. I have come to two that I have a very major issue with. There are some other ones, some small ones, but mostly we're getting it right. There are still two standout, fraudulent <laughs> rankings going on here. Oh, boy. We have to say I know we do. Yeah, I know we have to say I... I feel that one of them many people will share with me. Everyone should agree on both, but we'll find out as we get into this. But otherwise, I I am likewise surprised because I thought last year I had no shortage of beef with all of you. (laughs) And and you've all seen the light. You've all made wiser choices come around. Sometimes, you know, wasn't your your fault. Isla Makachev made it undeniable that he was the best lightweight in the world. So I'm I'm just happy. It's a good year. It's going to be a good year, I believe. 
if you had it written down uh, on your bingo card, it was 5.30 before Jed took, called scoreboard on Islam this time around. 5.30 into the pot. I mean, so that's, that's a new record. I mean, that's got to be the longest I, we've I waited. I think most people expected that to go off much sooner. You know, <laughs> talking minute three could have happened. So, Casey, you feeling good? I'm feeling great. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get angry at looking at you guys rankings i'm not i'm not that mad like like you said it's year of nitpicking um so but give, give me let me give it I'll, I'll take a deeper dive and i'll definitely find something i can get all riled up about <laughs> <laughs> real fight words real fight that words is the name of the game. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so with that with that fiery interjection by casey let us begin <laughs> the second annual mma fighting rankings committee airing of grievances ak the Prince of Positivity, our dear friend. Would you like to start us off? Oh, should I? Okay. It's not it's not super explosive and it's it's pretty broad. <laughs> and let me say I'm glad our dear friend E. Casey Line is here because we are on the same side here. We are oh, on the same side here. <laughs> People know we talk about a rogue panelist a lot and Casey is that rogue panelist more often than not. Uh, uh, he has a little bit of a different methodology. But on this, Casey, on this, you and I have, I think, pretty much been in agreement for like the past two years on the ranking of this fighter, the, 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 the uh, evaluation of this fighter. I think everyone owes me an apology for Kayla Harrison uh, being as high, as high as she was. I'm calling out, not just you guys. I will say I, I had to go back and do some research here. I've never had her higher than I think, like a women's pound for pound. I've never had Kayla Harrison higher than I think like 15, 14, maybe. Meanwhile, you guys are launching her up the top 10. She was as high as two, number two on some people's ranking. The number two pound for pound best was better than well. Hey, you and someone else. It wasn't just you, Jay. You and someone else. It was you and someone else. I think it might have been someone else. It might have been like three people. I, 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 I just said, I thought that was crazy. I always thought it was crazy. She's a very talented fighter, a great athlete, obviously. But just impossible to evaluate, given that she competes in a weight class that just really doesn't exist. And like beating, sure, beating fighters we've heard of, like Sarah Coppin, right? But we know Sarah Coppin's not a 155er. So even when she fought someone with a name, uh, you know, they were it just, it was clearly just a physical mismatch. So a talented person and worthy of being in our pound for pound rankings, which she has been, I think, I think since we started them, I want to say. Um, but when I saw her going up like top 10, number eight, six, five, up to two, I was just like, this is crazy. I'm like, we got to settle down. We got to settle down. So uh, that is my general grievance for everyone. If anyone wants to defend themselves, go ahead. Or just, just you know, say, AK, you were right all along. And we all need to kind of, you know, uh, hold our horses a little bit when it comes to these things. I'm ready for it. Look, as, as one of the people who may or may not have had Kayla Harrison as the number two pound for pound female fighter in the world. Number two is crazy. I'm willing to say that I might not have been correct. In that assessment. <laughs> my, I'm not my. sure that I'm willing to apologize to you, AK, uh, because I don't think we gave you shit for not having her that high. If I'm hmm. wrong, then I will no. issue an apology. I'm fairly confident that I was never on the corner of you guys are all insane. This is clearly the, it was just a vibes. I got caught up in the emotion of it all. And, and frankly, we might all be wrong because maybe Larissa Pacheco is actually just the second best fighter in the world. Maybe. And, and none of us are giving her, her, her appropriate flowers. We all just docked Kayla Harrison for that loss. But I will absolutely say 
that at, at this moment in time, my bad. Got a little too carried away. There we go. Hands up. Hands this up. is why I was wrong. Whoa. I, we yes. barely hear. This. this is why we do this show. Uh, Casey, I think you were pretty. I think Casey, I, I, I didn't look at all the rankings. I don't think you ever put her higher than eight. I think you reluctantly put her at eight and then eventually she dropped down. And then you did like a shuffling and she dropped all the way, all the way out. But at some point you had her at eight. And I'm like, yeah, for me that like for j- for yeah. context, I currently have her at 10. I was gonna say Jim so, still has her in <laughs> I think most people do, right? <laughs> no, no, they don't. No, we don't. Where'd she go? Where is 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 everyone she... else kind of has her around 14 to 18 oh, and yeah, Jen's yeah, just yeah. sitting sitting with his take. Can yeah. I defend my 10 very quickly? Because I actually feel good about where she's currently ranked. There's like a clear upper echelon of female fighters in the world like shevchenko nunez zhang i inappropriately had kayla up there Uh not not defending that choice but once you get past chris cyborg you are really splitting hairs on who goes where between juliana pena liz carmouche ketlin Vieira. they only half of them only fight once a year anyway it's tough to figure so i just i took the pacheco harrison duopoly and just shoved them right in that break of <laughs> clearly elite fighters versus the rest of well, them uh-huh. and i feel okay to, with to that. back up to back up what jed's saying i will 100 take the l on the old uh, kayla harrison being ranked i think number two or three on my rankings as well but i will say <laughs> to jed's point i said this on my podcast with matt brown the other day the women's division, especially the upper part of the women's division, the bantamweight division in particular, like the talent level has just bottomed out. Like there is like, it's a, it's a wasteland in the, in, in what was once the premier women's division, like the bantamweight division is a, like, there's nothing. So to Jed's point, like I back him up on like, there's like, a, there's a very like clear kind of line in like the upper echelon of the women's division. And then just where it bottoms out. And you can say that, in a, I know this is going to be a controversial thing. You can say that about, almost every division in a way, I think flyweight is actually becoming the most stacked division in women's MMA right now, because even strawweight, you got a lot of people sticking around who really aren't, you know, you get the same like four fighters who have constantly been fighting for the title for the past like three years. Bantamweight has Amanda Nunes and then a bunch of other people. Like at this point, that's pretty much what you can say at Bantamweight. So while I 100% will take the L on Kayla Harrison being overranked when I had her two or three or whatever it was uh, based upon her, actual resume um the problem is is the women's divisions have not grown especially bantamweight bantamweight is just and we all know featherweight is not a real division for that matter neither is lightweight but again we still have chris cyborg rank because chris cyborg has a body of work but the the women's divisions in general have just been like outside of flyweight where you got people like casey o'neill uh you know obviously you got um uh aaron blanchfield those divisions have not been adding a lot of new talent i just got to be honest about that I think strawweight's kind of okay. It's like <laughs> when the Prince of Positivity is like, it's kind of okay. That's not exactly the most ringing endorsement. Uh, that's the be- defense. Before we move on, Casey, do you want to join me a little bit in this victory lap? You were also a bit of a, a Kayla doubter. Not a Kayla hater. None of us are haters. They're haters. But, but you were a bit of skeptical. Oh, I think I was the most skeptical in the whole bunch. Um, mm-hmm. you, would you say I had her in the top? At some point, I, had her eight. Eight. I, I, I want to say it was after her no, last, no, the never, last time never, she won. Not her. eight. No, 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 no. Not, that's way too oh, high. I have to go. I'm checking um, the receipts now. I, I had her at before she lost to Pacheco. I had her at 19, and I still had Pacheco ahead of her in pound for pound rankings. And they actually stayed the same from um, November from November till after the fight. Um, it's not a real division, and I think Pacheco pound for pound is actually a better fighter. Um, but, March 2022. Uh, 
Casey, oh, E. Casey Light, damn. Kayla Harrison, number eight behind Carlos Farza ahead of Holly Holm. And then that, 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 that was it was. That was for Kevin. Yeah, that was for Kevin Harrison. To your credit, to your credit, you then did reshuffle. I think either the next month or a month after that, you did re, you did like a whole reshuffling of your pound for pound, and you dropped her to like yeah, yeah you dropped her to like seventeen or eighteen well, or something. Remember, I, 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 on the internal chats, I tried to get out of this pound for pound ranking because I kind of hate this pound is, for pound. Yes, but it's true. So I, I didn't true. put that much it's thought into it. So once I had to think about it. Uh, yeah, the Harrison yeah. went way down on the list. You land in the right I spot. The, I, I love the air quotes around think about it. That's, that's a good <laughs> answer. Um, all right. Well, I feel like that came to a peaceful resolution. That's a great start to, to all of this, fellas. Uh, let's just go around the horn. Uh, I don't know how your setup is on your computer, but Mike, you are the next up on the around the horn on me. So let's go with Mike. Uh, I'm glad that AK set the table for an over rankings conversation because my first grievance goes... It was almost a double grievance, but it's like a one and a half grievance. A half point goes to you, Shaheen Al-Shadi, for this. Oh, all right. This is a full point for you, my best friend, Alexander Kaylee. And Shaheen, I understand that emotions get in the way of ranking sometimes. Like, and, and I think we all know your admiration for one Tony Ferguson. Oh. The fact that you have him ranked at 155 is a little bit you egregious did it, Mike. in my eyes. You did it, Mike! But you at least had the wherewithal to... You know, use your emotions to at least put him at the bottom of the rankings. He's at number 14 for you. But my best friend, this message goes to you. How do I want to say this? Oh, oh my gosh. Hey, hey, I just oh, saw oh, we were out with this. Get him. This was my number one with a bullet. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, AK, rank Tony Ferguson inside the top 10? Because I love you, man. I love you. We host on to the next one together, and, and I just have wonderful things to say about you. But how do you even look yourself in the mirror after you X out of that spreadsheet after ranking Tony Ferguson number eight? Like you can use the level of competition line air quotes once again, level of competition for like the first loss or the second loss, maybe even the third. But after five straight losses, most of them were horrifying, especially after that Nate Diaz performance. And I know it's a welterweight fight, but it doesn't matter. It still should go into the overall just a position of everything. I don't know. I will still give you a virtual hug after this, AK. But if this is a Festivus and having problems with people, I got a problem with you, man. This is just bad. This is just really bad. Like, he's not even in the freaking UFC rankings anymore. And the UFC rankings aren't even real. And he's not even in the UFC lightweight rankings anymore. And there he is, just sitting there at number eight for you. Please defend this so I can hug you. And you're muted, so I can't even hear what you're saying. And it, even the, the ver- even the microphone gods don't even want to hear your response to Listen, this. Listen, someone has them higher than me. I just want to say that I'm not. I do not what? have the highest. <laughs> someone oh. has him. Uh, you guys, oh. listen. He is not here to defend himself. So I will def- I will make the case. I will fight for both of us. I will fight for Rizal and this man. Oh, my um, God. So I had, my second grievance actually has to do with the same panelists. So maybe I'll save that one. But I will, you're here. So the venom will, goes to you. Once again, I will once again advocate for him, I guess. I will I will be this man's proxy. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so ready to get out. Okay, I have to do guy. some. I have to I've do never some, been prouder of you, AK. I. I so <laughs> wow, uh, I didn't even know. I have him ahead of, of RDA, uh, who he beat 
Five years, uh, five and a half years no. ago. Oh, five and a half is five not years correct. ago. Five years ago. <laughs> That's not correct at all. Six, 2016. Uh, six years That's ago. Almost a decade ago. Uh, 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 2016. Uh, if they if they fought again, <laughs> I think Ferguson could still beat him. No, you don't. You don't. I do. No, I do. No, I do. I do. I do. I do. I think, I think it's a good. Could. I think it's a good. I think it's a good matchup. Yeah. 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 Theoretically, I have are they not, fighting in Mexico City again? Listen, I have not. I have not put Tony Ferguson above anyone that has beaten him. All right, I have. I have respected the win loss record. Okay, Michael Chan was ahead of him. Daniel Darius ahead of him. Charlie Olives, Justin Gaethje. I mean, listen, I, I, uh, uh, Gamrot. I guess you could put ahead of him, um, but I don't know. Like, I I need to see him lose. <laughs> I need to see him lose the sun behind him. I need to see him lose the sun behind him. That is my that is my rationale. AK, here's here's my big <laughs> issue with this. Okay, mm-hmm. I have a lot of issues with this. Let me just interject for the people. The looks of horror slash amusement. I'm not looking. Right now on everybody, looking. I wish you guys could see it. It's fantastic. <laughs> my of the many problems I have with this, AK. <laughs> I'm not even going to most of them because other people can can take that low hanging fruit. I will just ask you to make sure that I'm not all the way wrong here. <laughs> the number fourteen is that Tafik Musayev. It is the same Tafik Musayev who lost to Robert, Roberto de Souza Satoshi last year. Yes. So you you have decided that Tony Ferguson's five losses matter not at all, but this man whose best win is Patricky Pitbull is is also still worth it. What are you doing at lightweight? Is my question. What are you doing? Is beating Wait. Sydney Outlaw? <laughs> Satoshi beat Masayev. Hold on. In twenty twenty one. Oh no! And then he beat Sydney Outlaw this year. Was this an M- then, was this an MMA fight? Yes, it was a Ryzen that he lost uh-huh. to Satoshi. Uh huh. Uh huh. So unless this is a different Musayev that I don't know, which still raises a huge question for me over who that one is. This is the deepest best weight class in the sport. Uh-huh. You can't replace these two dudes with people who win fights. That's my old, that's my primary issue here. Hold on. When when was the last Tony Ferguson win? Uh, it's 2019. Twenty nineteen. There's the answer Donald, for the, the immortal Donald Cerrone. The immortal Donald Cerrone. Damn, damn they were good. Subject. Yeah. Donald Cerrone. Just your own your own the, show. You, you hold him in high esteem. I guess we shouldn't be surprised because you also were the last possible holdout for Conor McGregor, whose he only was, relevant win was also was, Donald Cerrone. If you beat Donald Cerrone, you're a top fifteen fighter. You're a top fifteen fighter. You're a top fifteen fighter. I don't know. What you know who never beat Donald Cerrone? Uh, Habib. And I, I've, I really never did. He never did. And I do. I questions now. So the esteem that we hold. Khabib in. Um, My point listen. is not that I'm mad. I'm just disappointed. Listen, yeah. as I was also looking at my women's pound for pound, I was also thinking like, uh, we were now two questions in and I'm already looking at two of my lists and I'm like, should some of these people be where they are? 
Because I have like Holly Holmes <laughs> still in like my top ten. Oh man, Brown, we're twenty and minutes like, in and we got re- KK rethinking his whole situation, my whole, my whole life. <laughs> Look, you can't start. <laughs> no, no, I don't. Women no. should be where they are I'm not, in the pound listen. to pound rankings. That's too tough. I will say, okay, listen. I will make this vow. If Tony Ferguson loses to someone behind him in the rankings. I will remove him from the rankings completely. Nate Diaz. Oh, oh they have to that, that, that wasn't a lightweight fight. Come on. Get out of here. <laughs> okay, so if he loses just... to a lightweight behind him, anyone, I will I will remove him. You will he shall be he'll he shall be gone. He shall okay. be gone. Which uh, is not to say that guys can move over we'll him. Take a win. So what if he had fought what, what if he had actually fought Lee Jing Liang yes. at UFC 279 oh, and, and Lee what, did what he probably then that's a welterweight though so it would still be the yeah, it has weight no, weight. no effect on his lightweight ranking I uh, no effect <laughs> AK I changed my mind I love this so much thank I want you, you to thank die you, on this hill yeah. forever I, listen, I, I have, have a lot of respect for the next 10 years to body just of stay work. at number 8 because no lightweight beats him if one of these squatters would give some of these guys a chance, so that, you know, uh, maybe maybe they, maybe they could leap over him. Poor Tony Ferguson is just caught in the middle. It's not his fault. He, he gets <laughs> he got he got to fight all these squatters. Good for him. But uh, you know, it's it's not his fault. He won. He couldn't beat them. But that, and he's getting those fights, and other people aren't. I also I also just want to point out uh, on the Tafik Musayev part. You hilariously have Umar Nurmagomedov ranked behind him. <laughs> Just so cool. Well, listen, they both beat for Chicky Pitbull. I don't know how you're saying one is necessarily better than the other. One of them did lose I mean. to Satoshi. <laughs> So, listen, Satoshi, uh, he just lost to Asian McKee. So I, now, now I stand by my ranking. <laughs> now that fi- my rankings are now fixed. I, I was picking ahead. I was, I was assuming he was going to lose uh, to Asian okay. McKee. Yes, and you obviously were a jet. you were pulling a jet. Yeah, exactly, shoot. exactly, exactly. Right. And, now and, it all makes sense. Yeah, and yet Asian McKee will not be ranked. So I'm, I don't know. I don't know how to. <laughs> I'm not sure what to do with that. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Let me just say uh, that even in the deepest depths of my Tony Ferguson fanboyism which is i am very open with uh i'm just incredibly proud of you ak for standing firm on this hill that even i couldn't get to i have him at 14 and i felt bad about that he's still, in, like there. He's still, he's still, still in there Shane. he's still in there uh wow look at that all right well that was fun uh next let's keep it moving around the horn casey what you got i think i had the same issue last year and it's really with what do i see in Liz Carmouche that no one else sees because I have consistently consistently had her higher ranked than everyone in the entire staff. So I guess it's that everybody, but like, I think while Liz is an incredibly boring fighter and I don't roll out, I do not go out of my way to watch Liz Carmouche fights. I think her, it's just, she's just undeniably one of the best female fighters and the best now flyweights, obviously behind Valentina. Valentina is such a high level. But, um, yeah, I have Carmouche at three and I feel very, I mean, I, I almost want to put her at two, um, but I just can't because of Santos's, um, great performance against, um, Val- uh, Valentina, but, um, it's really, I guess who, who, who has Carmouche the lowest ranked. So, so the lowest for, you're talking about for women's flyweight, right? Women's flyweight. Correct. So me and Mike have her at nine, uh, Damon, oh, wow. you have her at eight. AK, you have her at four. Jed, you have her at six. Uh, Casey, you do have her at three, which to me feels like you're putting her above Jessica Andrade. I am putting her above Jessica Andrade. 
I'm with Shaheen on that. I will say, uh, looking at my rankings, I should have her at five. I I I have Manon Firo in front of her, and I think as I'm looking at that, that that's wrong. Carmu should be. I will just kick this off to respond to you though, Casey, because to some extent I agree with you based on the fact that what Shaheen just said about some of these these rankings here. Uh, a big part of it was the Vla- the first Velasquez fight. I think I had Carmouche much higher than that fight. I know she wins, and I don't think it was – controversial is not the right word, but she really muddled it up until getting that win at the end. And that I don't, I don't think that highly of Velasquez. And so that definitely tapered me down somewhat on her. Now, she comes back out in the rematch – runs right over her and I bumped her back up, but I didn't give her enough. She should be number five, but I feel very comfortable having her behind Chevchenko and Draj, Tyler Santos and my girl, the future champion, Aaron Blanchfield. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's I'm not that it's more of a nitpicking. I'm not, I'm not even like that. I'm with you though. (laughs) Having her close to 10 feels Feels well, wrong. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, look at, I mean, when you look at her record, when you look at her resume, I mean, I, I'm with you that I don't rank Juliana Velasquez that high. Uh, Vanessa, her, her biggest win at flyweight, honestly, is Jennifer Maya, and that was, you know, that was four years ago. She be that was five, yeah, years, five ago. years ago. That was, yeah. five that was, years ago that was a point. better Jennifer Maya than we have now in but the I'm UFC. Saying, like, she, but as, she, as we know from AK, uh, wins five years ago, totally relevant to your current <laughs> Hold on. standard. Not, and she does listen, a, listen, I, we're, hey, we're not let's show some respect. Wins seven years. And she has a win. And she has a win. She has a win. She has a win. over. She has a win yeah. at bantamweight over Caitlin Chukagian from uh, six years ago, so or seven years ago. So. And. <laughs> and and Jessica Andrade from almost ten years ago. Yeah, so, so let's not let's not count that one out. All right, and Lauren, and Lauren Murphy too from eight years <laughs> let's not ago. Count so, that one but, out. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. I, it's not check uh, yourselves. I, I actually and I said here, here's part of, here's part of why I say this and because like I said where the women's divisions have not really been growing a lot. Flyweight is the one division who actually has been adding talent with Menno Fior, with yes. Aaron Blanchfield, with Casey O'Neill. I'm not saying Casey O'Neill should be ranked higher than Liz Carmouche. I'm pretty sure I don't have her ranked higher. I'm just saying, like, there's actually been talent building at Flyweight, uh, you know, with, with actually good, credible wins, whereas, like, Bantamweight and even Strawweight doesn't have that. So I think that's part of the justification. And also, again, you know, Carmouche's resume at flyweight to me is not all that impressive. I don't think I don't, I don't have her, you know, at the bottom of the list by any stretch of imagination, but I don't have her number three. Um, and I think that's the deal is flyweight actually has been adding talent. So it's harder for me to put Liz Carmouche higher versus let's say bantamweight where there's just no activity. We go months without a bantamweight fight. And so it's harder to move people up and down. Whereas flyweight, there's actually a lot of activity, a lot of quality of Mano, Mano Fior beats, Kaylin Chukagian, you know, Aaron Blanchfield has been on this great win streak. Things like that happen. And so it's harder to justify Liz Carmouche versus, like, say, a bantamweight where there's just no movement at all. Like, no one's fighting and, and no one new is coming in. I just yeah. think Liz is getting the kind of the, uh, the Bellator bump down. Essentially, because she see, I don't. That's all, it, because I think if I she was still in the, the UFC, Bellator bump is a downward bump. That's the <laughs> most brilliant uh, thing. Not on Casey's list. But okay, not on Casey's list. That Bellator bump goes up on the Casey Lydon list. I just want to point that out. And I'm not saying it's a good thing or a bad thing. I just want to point that out. I would uh, say, I mean, maybe the Bellator bump is a tiny bit because me and Mike have him her the lowest. Remember, she got released on the, the UFC staff. after losing a championship fight. That never out, happens yeah. in the UFC. You know. She was number two ranked in the UFC, essentially, when she left. I think maybe the Bellator thing, there's a tiny bit 
to that. Um, I don't know that I rated Juliana Velasquez as highly as some people, but also I do think it's a lot of what Damon said. We're like, this is genuinely the best women's division in the sport right now for me. And like a lot of these up and coming talents are just so genuinely exciting where, whether it's like an Aaron Blanchfield or a Manifior or, or anything like that. Like I, to me, I, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to put her up above some of those women, but I think also I will admit this is probably an oversight. She should be higher than nine. I would imagine for me, especially after the last one, because the last one was so good. Right. I will say too, uh, looking at these flyweight rankings right now there, that's not even the one that stands out to me. I'm looking at UAK ranking Tyler Santos, number seven, while uh-huh. everyone else has her at two or three. That's crazy. <laughs> to me. To this woman almost beat way to, way, to, way to rank her up for losing a fight guys. Good job. I stand with AK on this. Yeah, good, good work. That's not where I have her ranked. I support. I support him. Yeah, I love. I love uh, ranking people who lost, like in the top five, who lost fights. That's fun. Yeah, you do. You you love keeping Colby yeah, coming to have one seventy as like a top two guy. If she's taking Kamaru Usman to hey, listen, I didn't say top five. I didn't say top ten. I said I said top five. I would say uh, that Valentina is the Kamaru Usman. Not, I was gonna say, AK, can you finish your line of thought okay, where if she, she takes her to if she, if she takes her to the limit again? The number one and, pound and you're you're also telling me you're also telling me that her wins, that Talia Santos' wins are the equivalent of like a Damian Maya. Uh, Rafael dos Anjos. That's what you guys are saying. That's the, so that that's the same as Colby Covington's wins. That's what you guys are saying. That those wins against like Joanne Wood I, and Roxanne Montefiore are the same a, as RDA and Damian Maya. Because I don't think so. Honestly, when you put it like that, they are pretty close. Like yes, Joanne I Wood and Roxanne Montefiore were good a decade yeah. ago. The same time Maya <laughs> I, was good. <laughs> I strongly disagree. Uh, I strongly disagree. I like Tala Santos. I think it's great that she's fought her way into the top ten. Sure but you I, don't. I don't put no. I don't put her. No, well, you well, don't make sense. I don't. I don't put her. Who's going to have above her? Let's let's Lauren Murphy, Caitlin Chikigian. I I have no problem with that. Why 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 should I why should I rank her higher than those two? They As also I said I, I actually why? stand with AK on this one. I yeah. just I think your defensive argument of ranking someone for losing falls apart. No, I just when, I just mean I just I don't I just mean, I don't need to throw her into the into the top three. Like I don't feel compelled. She put on a great fight. Let it, let's if, if she's so good. Let's see how she does against in this in this Aaron Blanchfield fight. Oh, that's going to be right? poorly for her. No. Okay, but she's so good. She's so you tell me she's so good. No, she's top three. She's top three. So she so she should or, win that fight. Well, Aaron Blanchfield <laughs> might be top one. I mean, yeah, 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 a potential. Aaron yeah. probably top two. And, yeah. and Aaron Blanchfield is super talented. But I will say, like as someone who has Carmouche ahead of her, uh, not not using the 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 you know if they fought who would be favorite. Obviously, I think Aaron Blanchfield would be favorite if, if she was booked against this Carmouche somehow. Um, I, I I don't think Carmouche's like resume is as bad. Like her flyweight resume is as bad as we were as people think. Like well, I, I think mean, the Kana Watanabe win and Vanessa Porta wins are both mm-hmm. good. I mean, I have I have, I have Blanchfield behind yeah. Carmouche and Velasquez right now only because she doesn't have those established. I still rank them higher right now. Now right. I think talent wise, Aaron Blanchfield is vastly higher in that. But again, unlike some right. certain unlike certain people on this panel, I won't mention names. I don't always rank on potential. Uh, so, uh, so I ranked her right now. It's important that he says he doesn't always yeah. do it. Cause as we know, <laughs> he joined I me did. right there. With I, sure did. I sure did on that one, but <laughs> I'll take the L on that one. But I will say like, again, Aaron Blanchfield, 
Potential wise, yes, but I, I don't have her that high yet because I think Molly McCann is basically a can. Um, so I can't put her higher yet. One, when she means she means Tyler Santos, of course, she's going to be, you know, probably number two, but yeah. So if I Molly mean, McCann's a can. What is Luana Carolina? <laughs> what household appliance or item is Luana Carolina? <laughs> with each other not the fighters yeah, the fighters out of it come on let's focus on ak let's focus on yeah, yeah bring it back to me that's it real quick i just want to say casey's not wrong um but i'm still okay ranking karmush nine and i will also say that she might be the toughest fighter to rank out of like everybody because going through the flyway rankings i've before I finalize this, I probably had Carmouche as high as five. And I was like, eh, maybe I'll jump this one over and then jump this one over. And then I settled yeah. at nine. But, but I mean, we're, we're kind of splitting hairs with the six through tens, if you will, at least mm-hmm. in my eyes. So yeah, you're not wrong, Casey. And, and that's, I think that's a pretty fair grievance. I'm, I'm okay oh. keeping her at nine, but you have a compelling case that she should be ranked higher for me. And I, and I do acknowledge, I get it. I get it without the... Because so many of her big her big wins came at 35 when there was no 25 division, and obviously the Bellator. And there, there's so many, there's so few crossover opponents that they have at flyweight. I get it, but yeah. Also, I it. will say I think just to cap this conversation off, and the difference between one and nine at flyweight is is like so vastly different than like the difference between one and nine at bantamweight or something, right? Where like a lot of like the three through nine at flyweight. It's pretty interchangeable. And then, you know, some other divisions, that's very much not the case. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's keep moving. Damon, what do you got? I, uh, so my airing of grievance, my first one is going to be with uh, everyone on this panel who ranks either Olivier Aubin Mercier or Brendan Lockman from the PFL. There's a on this panel who have them now again they're not ranked super high 14 15 on the rich uh folks come on i know they're feel-good stories listen they, you, I, listen they won already they won a million dollars they win at life already they don't need to be ranked based on you feeling good about them though because neither one of them has any win anywhere remotely close in especially olivier Aubin mercier in the D, in arguably the deepest division of the sport in lightweight and then even in featherweight lockdown his most established win is over Chris Wade, who was not a was not a terrible lightweight, but but again, when you look at his featherweight resume, who like where in the world have any of these like Bubba I, Bubba Jenkins is I like Bubba Jenkins very much, but Bubba Jenkins is essentially a journeyman at this point. He's never never lived up to the potential everyone thought he was going to have coming out of college. He's always been that guy who wins two and then gets knocked out in the third one, or wins three and gets knocked out in the fourth one. Uh, where like in two really good divisions. Are we just ranking people because we feel good for them? Like we're happy for them or that they put together an eight fight win streak against, I mean, Brendan, I, I, I it's not, a, it's not a knock that I dislike Brendan Lockname, but when you look at Brendan Lockname's record, what's his, I mean, Ego Husik, Ryoji Kyoto, Kyoto, Tyler Diamond. These are the, these are the wins that get this guy to be a top 15 featherweight. Really? Bubba Jenkins, Chris Wade, those, that's the wins. Those, and he lost to Movlid, who again, I think Movlid's probably the most quality featherweight they have, but he just wasn't in the, in the tournament. But I mean, again, are we just, because if it's just win streaks and, and wins don't like quality wins don't matter. 
then fine. If we're going to do that, then I'm going to go ahead and, and rank Jason Reinhardt because there was a time he put together like a 30 fight win streak. Okay, <laughs> oh, but it was just but it was just but if it's quality of win in two really good divisions, featherweight and lightweight. I don't get it because uh, we, why do you hate feel good we, stories? Uh, Olivia Abemercies, Olivia Mercedes, and we have we have tape on him in the UFC. He was never remotely close to being a top fifteen lightweight when he was in the UFC ever. He was close. I don't think he, he was, was close. definitely. I, close. I don't know if he was actually. Come on now, look at look at who he was fighting in the UFC and who he lost. He was never that close. And now because he may have, he, had, a, he may have had a number next to his now name. because he beat yeah. Stevie Ray, another cast out uh-huh. from the and because he beat him, that's that's the Solid that's butter. the measurement to put him in the top fifteen. Hold on, two previous PFL champions, Nathan Schulte and Hausch uh, Manfio Damon. Excuse me. I, I listen. I was going to say wins over Rocco Martin and Drew Dober. Like he had solid wins. I'm not here to say he was a undeniable lightweight, but his losses are also. He lost to Gilbert Burns and Armand Sarukian and Alexander Hernandez. Those are like OAM. Really I, have, good. I have less of a bit again. My bigger issues with Lochnane. It's not necessarily with OAM as much as it's with Lock. Lochnane is the one I, I just, that's a bridge too far for me. Here's my Did, question. Yeah, go ahead. I just have a really big one for you. And it's this I will happily stipulate that some of that, certainly for me, I won't speak for everybody else, for OAM and for Lochnane is they had a really good year. And I want to reward that. Uh, especially their finals performances. If OAM goes out there and he just, you know, lays on Stevie Ray, he's probably not getting a ranking. My question for you, Damon, is if we look at your rankings, let's look at your featherweight oh, rankings. Boy. Be You're gentle, with that. What's, what's Jonathan Pierce done that's like so much better than what Brendan Lochnane has done? He lost to Joe Lozon not that long ago. Like for the 15 spot, the 14-15 I'm cool with you just kind of throwing somebody out there who you you enjoy or whatever, because it's it's so hard to parse when you get outside of really the top like eight, probably, but certainly in that top 15. So I'm not here to say that like definitively OAM and Lochnane are the 15th best guys. I got no issues with it. And I I don't I don't think that you should have any issues with it either. Well, I mean, here since we're gonna since we're gonna nitpick on rankings, I mean, Jed, you have Movlid ahead of Brendan Lochnade, and you have both of them ahead of Bryce Mitchell. Yeah, Bryce, Bri- Bri- yeah, because Bryce Mitchell sucks. <laughs> Yeah. So, and by the way, I support you must have Stand Jed, by it. Jed, you must have the only list in any of the rankings with two PFL fighters. Am I crazy? Oh, there can't, there can't there be any other possibly. Oh, be most, of them don't, most of them don't have one. So <laughs> yeah. And, and I su- and no I su- chance. And I support it. Because I, su- I was gonna say the only like the strongest argument against any, uh, any of us putting Brendan on, I also have him in the 15th spot, is that probably if Movlead hadn't gotten injured. This feel-good story doesn't unfold but the way it does. Here, probably, that's my, probably, that's, right? that's, and that's, that's yeah. my argument with Lockdown. I've had Movlid yeah. ranked for a while. That's what, is yeah, the thing. But certainly before Brendan. I have less of an issue with Movlid because of what he's done beyond this. But Brendan, I feel like Brendan is being rewarded because everyone still feels like everyone is still holding a grudge against Dana White for not signing him for the contender series for the dumbest reason ever. And then he goes on and has this career in the PFL and he has, this, he had, he had a good run this year. He did four fights, four wins. Good for him. But any of those four wins, did any of those four wins beat, let's just say, hypothetically, uh, you can sit here and say he's not the greatest guy in the world. Sure. But like Bryce Mitchell beating Edson Barbosa is better than any win. Brendan Lochnane has on his resume. Any, there's not a single win on his resume is better than that. 
Uh, and that's where I'm getting at. When you look at his, you're looking at the feel good story of 2022, four wins in a row. Good for him. He already won. He doesn't need the ranking to go with it, though. This, this is going to be controversial, and I'm going to regret it as soon as I say it. I think Bubba and Chris Wade are on the They're, level of a Darren Elkins at this point in their careers. Yes. I don't think that's not a Okay. Okay. So if that's, if that's 25 ish, 30 ish guys. Sure. If that, and, and so if that's John say. Pierce's biggest win, he's on an awesome streak. I, I have no problem with John and Pierce being 15, but I think like, <laughs> like Brendan has a strong case. If we're going by like strongest win, it's like, you know, if you're going by Derek and Elkins. Like I think like those two wins for Brendan were pretty good. But I mean, even look at, look at Aaron Pico, like solid talent, like tons of potentials. No doubt about it. It's there. Like he beat Justin Gonzalez, who I mean, that's that's an okay win. He beat Adley Edwards, Aiden Lee, John DeJesus, Solo Hadley Jr., Daniel Carey. Like those are his wins. And then he fights Jeremy Kennedy. I know it was an unfortunate ending, but guess what? He was losing that fight until the shoulder injury. He was losing. He lost the first round. He lost the first round. Yeah, because he lost the at least he does lost. have wins over people with Wikipedia yeah, yeah. pages, is what Mike's yeah. getting at. Yes, right. And like if you, Jeremy Kennedy being ranked higher than Aaron Pico, like I would not have an issue with that. I would not have an issue with that. No, no, so I, mean, I don't really have an issue with anybody's rankings yeah, in the like, like, twelve I, to fifteen spot. Yeah, that that it's, that's sort of where I come from. Like the twelve to fifteen. Let me be clear. I yeah. am nitpicking because, like I said, I didn't really see. I was like, yeah. I was blown away yeah. outside of a certain Tony Ferguson ranking. I really didn't see a lot that. I was like, this is just egregiously wrong, but I still was like, Listen. I just, again, I feel like <laughs> I think we can all agree. Hold on. I think we can all agree that having Olivia Oben Mercier ranked ahead of Tony Ferguson is insane. Right guys. Come on. We all say, come on. Shaheen, how dare I, how dare you put him one, one spot? You still have Tony ranked and you put OAM one spot right above him. Just, oh, just, just love it. To be clear, I would, put, I would probably put OAM ahead of Tony Ferguson right now. So I will say that. I will say that. <laughs> no, David, you took the wrong point from what I was saying. Come on. This raises a question that isn't, this isn't a grievance, but I do just have a question which I never thought of until you were just talking, Damon. Uh, it's for you, Casey. Casey, as we've mentioned, you're a pretty pro Bellator guy. You've got a lot of you don't give them the Bellator bump down that the rest of us allegedly yeah. do. <laughs> Not seeing a lot of a PFL bump up from you either. Is there a specific reason for that? Or is that just kind of how it this is just me genuinely asking, not like a, not only not only like an accusation. Bump, there's not like a one bump either. There's no there's no other outside no, that's promotion. Jed bump. That's well, a Jed, Jed's a one bumper. Jed's a one bumper. One, all of us give the one <laughs> bump. You know, we all love DJ at one. But yeah, yeah, I just hadn't thought about it. But like, is there a reason, or is it just sort of how it's worked out for you? Uh, PFL is just the number three. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here folks pfl <laughs> shots fired yeah um <laughs> the cage isn't as smart as they say they say oh no okay casey come back at me come back at me we need a whole new show the smart cage out of this <laughs> i'm gonna move yeah. on before any more <laughs> violence gets enacted because that's just we're over the line i feel here. ill right now we need to take a quick break i'll look right back The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. 
and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, y'all, we're back. Uh, everyone still has their job so far, so that's uh, that means this has been a success. There's No one's gotten fired yet. That's all we're asking for. Low bar here. Uh, so let's keep it going. Um, I, I'll, I'll take this next one. Uh, and I thought I really wanted to kind of come in and do a y'all need to have the Kobe Coverton conversation again. But I've already done this like three different times. So I, I'll just let it be known. Y'all are That's on my list. So I'm with you. Okay. One of my lists is like all of us should be shame, shamed for what's happening. Not all of us. There are some of us that are not, but I'll leave that to it. I'll, I'll, for mine, though, my first one, I'll, I'll single out someone who I have great respect for. Um, Casey, you're, you're a dear friend. I've worked with you for a very long time. You're the best in the world at what you do, and you could kick my ass. And you've you've you have kicked my ass. Yeah, we yeah. have rolled before, and you have thoroughly demolished me. Like I get yeah. it. Um, I have immense respect for you. But what you're doing at bantamweight right now okay. is really baffling to me. And I just want to single in on one guy. But although I could I could take issue with a couple of things. But Cheeto Vera at number twelve. <laughs> When this man is at most one fight away from a title and definitely like a top five guy at number 12 for Cheeto Vera feels crazy to me. And I just want to hear you explain how you got here because everybody else on the website has him top six at worst. Mike has him at number two. Cheeto to me is a bit of a feel good story, but as far as rankings, I just the OAM of bantamweight, as it were. Yeah, I, um, <laughs> <sighs> if O'Malley didn't look so dang good against Peter Yan, I still have, and I have O'Malley, I have Yan ranked above O'Malley because I thought Yan won that fight. But um, yeah, sorry, I'm trying to. I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at everyone above Vera and I would still pick um, Vera to lose to everyone I have above him. That's pretty much the issue. Even o- be not, O'Malley, though. not casting aspersions, even O'Malley. And th- that was, th- that, that was, I mentioned though, because O'Malley looked pretty dang good against Peter Yan, And I thought O'Malley was going to get smoked. And that's, and that would have been the one, oh yeah, he would definitely be O'Malley, but I don't know anymore about Sean O'Malley actually. 
I would just say that. I didn't think O'Malley beat okay. Jan, but I wouldn't think Vera would beat Jan either. So, so, so like Horaguchi, yeah, Patchy Mix, yeah, John Lineker, Song Yadong, all these guys you think. I was say Song technically did win a split decision over again, controversial, but and, he and did I win a split decision over fight originally. I, I know it was controversial, and you know, everyone's like, oh, but. But I mean, that, but that was when yeah, all, that, that was when the ran, but that was when the uh, bantamweights were randomly taking featherweight fights. I mean, okay. I don't cons- I don't consider that I don't classify that a featherweight fight by like anything it's other a than one featherweight well, a- fight, Mike. One there you go, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, have much, I, have there much, I have a much bigger issue that you have. You have Marab Dwalishvili ranked below uh, Kyoji Horiguchi. That one is one that I'm still buzzing no. about. <laughs> We all have Marab too high. Get him out of the rankings for what he did to Jose. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, this is what no, I mean. I mean what, 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 like, it seems like we have some hate on Horiguchi, and I have no issue of Horiguchi being that high. He lost it's to... Just, the Bellator bump on your Bantamweight rankings is just really interesting to me, because you have your top four is UFC, and then five through eight is Patchy Mix, Stotts, Horiguchi, Nurmagomedov. Yeah. I don't have any issues with you, actually, Casey. As I'm looking I can't. Over, I Vera's, can't yeah. Vera's pretty low... Which feels wrong, but when it, you explain it, it, it it's wrong, not but, awful. Like, but, I, I mean, Vera's I resume too doesn't. I mean, yeah, I, I, I can understand it. I I don't agree with it, but I I can understand it, and I think I have most of the same people ranked. I have similar Bellator action, you know, different places, but actually, I'm not hugely against what you've got going on. I do think that it's interesting that Corey Sandhagen is above O'Malley. Because even if you think O'Malley lost to Jan, he did not lose by a great margin. <laughs> it was not a very well, think, big margin. Uh, so for Sandhagen to exist in between that is interesting. But overall, I'm actually cool with your list. But I mean, like, what about what does, does Horiguchi go in two and three in his last five bantamweight fights not matter at all? Like, does that not? Well, yeah, I know he's no Jason Reinhardt. I like Kyoji. Obviously, he was winning the Sergio Pettis fight. He got knocked out again. It is what it is. And I don't think the Patchy makes losses particularly bad. Uh, but Kaya Sakura, like, yes, he avenged that loss. But where would, I mean, Kaya Sakura is nowhere near a top 15 bantamweight. And that was a knockout. I think, he is a top, I think he is near a top 15 bantamweight. Uh, but I, think he's close. I will say, too, amongst uh, yeah, your he, whole bantamweight Bellator thing you have going on, you don't even have the champ. There. I'm assuming that's because he's Horiguchi. injured, right? Oh, he's injured. Yeah. You have no Sergio Pettis, though. But he well, beat Horiguchi. Like, I, t- I took him out because he's injured. He's, I took him out because he's injured. He's allowed to do that. Right? He's allowed to do and that. He's been, yeah. out for, he's been out for over a year now. Because it means Adrian Yanez gets another vote. Yeah. And we sure. need more Adrian Yanez in our and, you know, and that's why I don't want to have a guy at the, my top five that's going to be there for 18 months who I know is not going to fight. So, yeah, he's out. Yanez is in. So, that would be why. That's why. Fair enough. I just love Cheeto Vera, so that one surprised yeah. me. Uh, it is surprising, up. but when you talk it through, I understand. Yeah, and I love Cheeto Vera, and, and he's kind of like like when I, when I mentioned the Carmouche. I get it. Carmouche is boring. No one, no one gets excited to watch Carmouche fights, and Vera is the exact opposite. You know, Cheeto Vera is incredibly exciting to watch, and I and I trust me, I want to put him higher, and I, I want I want to see Cheeto Vera fight more often do I, than I want to see. You know. Uh, you know, I don't know whoever's. No, actually, I want to see everyone fight. Then, then the Barat fight. You know, you're an equal but, opportunist. Yeah, Casey. If um, if I mean, it's we're a month plus away. But if Vera goes out there and decisively beats Corey Sandhagen, where are you going to rank him? Oh, is he, he top, that, Is he number yeah, three? Yeah, he'll be top. He'll he'll replace Sandhagen. He'll be he'll be behind Jan pretty much. 
Okay. Be start, starting yeah. on Bear. Bear, Bear just needs that fight. He needs that fight, and that's the next. That's the fight. Yeah. The door is open. The door is open. Absolutely. There we go. Uh, next up, Mr. Mashu. Hit us. Oh man. Well, I may have just found another one, but I'm gonna go with. <laughs> I don't think this, I'm sure we have spoken about this, though I can't remember. We've done a lot of similar things. Casey, I don't want to pick on you, but we have to come back to you. And and at this point, I'm accepting of it. I know that it happens. I'm not accepting of it. I hate it. But I just want to throw it out there for the listeners to understand how the rankings go. It's a point total system. You get points for how you're ranked on each of our scorecards. You add them up. There you go. And some discerning. People may look at the men's pound-for-pound pound rankings and go, Volkanovski number one, Makachev number two. Okay. It's probably, maybe, some might even think that's high for Makachev. Totally okay. Leon Edwards, number three. Interesting, but they're giving him a big boom. Francis Ngannou, number four. Shocking. But if it gets more interesting, because if you go, if you are privy to this document with the exact point totals, you can look at the rankings. You can look at the scores. Francis Ngannou has 129 points. Leon Edwards, 135 not a big gap. And in fact, that gap is entirely due to Casey not ranking Francis Ngannou at all in the pound for pound. In fact, if you look at our pound for pound rankings, everybody else, the lowest anybody has him, I think is four. But for Casey, who doesn't have him ranked at all. If you just gave him a top five ranking, he is the number two pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world mm-hmm. in front of Islam Makachev, according to our scoring system, and you can't, and you don't have him ranked at all. And it, I understand you're fundamentally against heavyweights, but you have Vadim Nimkov ranked in the top twenty. Nimkov, who has less top ten wins in his division, and if you're looking at women's pound-for-pound, pound, you have both Harrison and Pacheco ranked in, the, in a division that you say isn't real. Men's heavyweight is shit, but it is a real division, and this man can't even get a twenty, not even a twenty from you, Casey. What are we doing, man? What are we doing? I've never heard his yeah, voice just, get that high before. I've yeah. never heard that was <laughs> scary. <laughs> That's, all That's I true. I did not realize that you were single-handedly yeah. holding Francis yeah, from just, not being. I, 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 weird, I, weirdly, I weirdly got your back on this. Not not like yeah. just as a devil's advocate. Like literally, I will play devil's advocate. But obviously, you know, let's you know give your give your take on this. Well, first. go make the, the women's Pacheco and Harrison are both forty-fivers who fight at fifty-five, and we. 45 is that a real division? Somewhat of a realish er <laughs> division in 55. So I'll, that's my only excuse for that. Some and I don't mind. Ta- I don't mind taking them out completely, but I, I might have gotten some nasty messages like, "Hey, where's Harrison?" <laughs> All I'm saying is, if you even had this man in the top 10, he'd be the number two pound for pound fighter in our rankings. Even in the top 10, if he's in basically the top 20, he's number three in front of Leon Edwards. I I, I just take pound for pound very literal, I guess. And like, and since he's a guy that cuts to 265, maybe if he was doing all this and weighing 245, he would make it. I don't know. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't really believe in what, I don't really believe in pound for pound rankings. (laughs) And um, yeah, so I don't put heavyweights up there. Maybe if he was a 245 or 240, I would like, oh, okay. You know, he's a more of a pound for pound ranking. Maybe that's why I had like Fedor so high because Fedor essentially is a, a fat 205er fighting a heavyweight. 
and you know when Fedor was in his prime, of course. Um, and that's pretty much it, you know. France, why, why? France is just too jacked. He's too <laughs> jacked. Yeah, he's just too jacked. Um, so what if he was? What if he was fat? If he was not jacked oh, two sixty five, like, but if he was Parker Porter, <laughs> Parker Porter and doing the things he was doing. He'd be number one. If he was Roy Nelson, he was Roy Nelson. We would have him higher. <laughs> yeah. He would be higher. No, no. Roy Nelson had a muscle belly. Parker Porter is just sweet. His name is, he, he sounds like his name. Parker so, uh, if you, you know what? How dare you? Just as an, as just as an aside, if you, if you told, we should find a sketch artist and we should just say, Parker Porter, draw what you think this person looks like. And I get you, I bet you they would come with it within like 95% of like, of, of getting it right. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe you get like, like basic things like, oh, he's like American, like where he's from and that's it. But like no, no, no description of his physical appearance. If you just tell him would, Parker Porter, he's yeah. going to know he's American. He's not <laughs> a freaking yes, French dude named Parker Porter. <laughs> It could be a Canadian guy. But yes, you you could draw him based on his name is what we're saying. You could draw a reasonable sketch of Parker Porter based on his name. I'm not sure how this became a roast of Parker Porter. It's not an insult. It's not an insult. Parker Porter looks great. I just said he has a... He has a distinct look, but he looks great. I would even argue like heavyweight. I know this might be a bit of a controversial take, but I would argue heavyweight, even though heavyweight is, you know, not the deepest division, I would still take heavyweight as a better division than light heavyweight and light heavyweight has a lot of people like, you know, when you look at light heavyweight people, like we still have a lot of light heavyweight people ranked in those, in the power for power rankings and light heavyweight is a barren wasteland beyond like the top four or five. Like, I think heavyweight's actually deeper than light heavyweight. Yeah. Mm. Honestly, like the, the heavyweight top four and even five, if you want to throw Aspinall, because I know we all think highly of him, like the heavyweight top ranks is pretty talented right now. Like the, the between Gone and Ganu Pavlovich and Blades, like that's a really solid. Force. You guys are you guys are going to be ranking. I'm telling you right now, you guys are going to be ranking Pavlovich this way next year. That dude's a monster. I love Pavlovich. That's a dude I'm real high on. And we got and John Jones. Hopefully, we'll be coming back, so he'll probably enter <laughs> the ring. Oh, this is your first year in MMA. And, 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 and Dylan Dennis is fighting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> you guys. That's all. Like, heavyweight sneaky good, and to be the the, the king over that division. Yeah, like, like John, John, like is coming in a heavyweight. That's another guy that's coming up. Like, heavyweight's not bad. It's not as bad as it's not as bad as light heavyweight. I tell you that much for sure. Heavyweight yeah. is certainly better than it I used to be. I fully expect Joe Almeida to be in my pound for pound ranking. Next you, year. You, you also love fighters who actually compete in two divisions. We should say people can't. People can't. Yeah. We, we don't post all our individual lists, so people don't see cases individual lists from month to month. But you, Jessica Andrade is another one who's high on your list, and um, you do give credit for literal like getting to see someone compete pound for pound against other yeah. other fighters. And, so and, you do, and, and that's yeah. not that's not fair exactly because because uh, because of the promotion they may be with it just isn't yep. allowing them to fight right, multiple right. promotions. So I, I understand that's not fair. But um, yeah, I do put I do put more weight in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let sure. me throw this. We can end on this because I, I already knew a lot of this. What if Dana White comes out <laughs> and is like, "We're going to open up a super heavyweight division," and then Nganu obviously wins the title at this fake weight class? Does that do anything for you in the pound for pound discussion? Well, if I mean, the, yeah, the I, don't know, I don't know how you're going to get my Parker Porter super heavyweight, but uh, <laughs> right, yeah. the weight cut is the only thing holding Parker Porter back. 
<laughs> Come on. Yeah, uh, Zuluzinho is going to get brought in. Like, that's a whole. I'm not even sure that Ngannou can even win that division. Like, come on now. Now you're now you're really. I'll give you. I'll give you. I I could have. I should have probably put Naganu in that night that 18, 19, 20 spot. I, I just want I the respect for him. That's all I'm yeah. asking. Just just give the man his due and proper. All right. All right. Well, let's uh, keep it moving. Start where we'll get back to uh, where we started now with Mr. AK, the Prince of Positivity. This is almost more of a call out. This is like a. So I, 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 I Jed, I, you've been, listen, you've been, how long, do you know I knew how it was coming? I'm ready yeah, for no. it. No. Do you know, do you know, when, like, when did you, how, you had Hamza at the number one? Oh, that just happened with Edwards, right? Edwards won, and then that made Hamza at number one, right? That well, so the way you describe it is not entirely accurate, uh, but yes, fundamentally, Edwards sure. won, Usman dropped, uh, so Usman drops to three and Hamzat number one. Mike, you also dropped Usman behind Hamzat. Uh, I found this incredibly disrespectful, uh, on both accounts. Jet, Jet, I'll say first, like, this is also my by the way, uh, your, your Islam victory lap. Uh, is completely undeserved. Um, so let's get that what? out of the way first. Completely undeserved. <laughs> what do you mean? You, you did everything in your power to not put Charles Oliveira at number one for the longest time. So you were wrong. Yeah, because he wasn't the best dude. Okay, that's fine. You had Dustin, you, you put Dustin Poirier above him. You were wrong. You had Justin Gaethje above him. You were wrong. And now you were right one out of the three times. And then it's suddenly like, I called it. I told everyone Charles Oliveira yeah. wasn't. You were wrong way more than you were right. And I'm and this I bring this up because I'm saying with Hamzat, you may be jumping the gun again. Now, I I have certainly been on the Hamzat as a future champion bandwagon, but it it that took a hit for me after the, you know, whatever he did to that last pay-per-view with the egregious weight miss. I feel like there has to be some sort of penalty. And instead, he has moved to number one in your rankings uh, for a, a weird 190-pound fight against like Kevin Holland. Like this is this is strange to me. To then now now to off of that, now he is your number one. I understand. I'm not even saying you're wrong here. Okay. I'm willing to to say that maybe I should have not picked this fight. You couldn't give Leon his due. You couldn't let Leon have this. Let you couldn't Leon let Leon have it. That's the thing. You couldn't you let it be the unanimous, the unanimous well, number one pick. That's the truth is what is what Shaheen said. I just couldn't let him have it because I don't want to live in a world where Leon Edwards is the best welterweight. And y'all shouldn't want to live there either. That is the KO of the year, undeniably the KO of the year. Hell, maybe the KO of the decade, everything uh, in the circumstances. It was moving. It's inspirational. The, the speech, all of it, it's dramatic and impressive. But this man was getting ragdolled. For the first, you know, well, I guess he won the first five, but then 15 minutes. I don't want to live. If he had come out and delivered that head kick in the first round, Leon Edwards would be my number one. Would have been it. That would have been enough. But him pulling out a win, and I am not, there's no caveat to that. There is no, it was a fluke or lucky. He threw the kick. He set it up. He did the damn thing. I'm going to pick him when they rematch. But the way he did it, I can't. He needed to be bulletproof because he was behind Chemaev before that fight. And that his performance was not good enough to make me think that if he fought Chemaev, things might go different. It's like, well, I still think Chemaev will make weight. He missed one time. I know we argued at the point. A lot of people have different thoughts. I'm willing to give a one-time pass on weight blowing before we start to have the discussion on whether he can do it or not. And if they fought tomorrow he's going to be a minus 500 favorite. 
and and when they actually fight we're going to be like shit we should have bet a lot more money on that minus 500 because he's minus a thousand uh maybe i'm wrong you're not wrong ak i was incorrect about dustin poirier and justin gaethje though i will defend myself by saying (laughs) both of those fighters dropped him he just suddenly is good at at taking punches which he hadn't been for the whole of his career before that i'm sorry i misevaluated that one Maybe I've done wrong here. I sh- I didn't need to pick this fight. I wanted to. I chose this fight because I don't want to live in a world where Leon Edwards is best welterweight because I talk too much shit about him over my career <laughs> to then accept that I, that he's the best. What would that that would make me wrong? And I don't. I'm not going to be wrong in this one. Mike, Mike, do you want to apologize to Kamaru Usman at all? No, I don't because okay. I think right. I'm, I'm look, I, I get the weight miss. I get the penalty and all that stuff, but this guy's a wrecking ball and all signs seem to be indicating and who knows if this actually happens that they're going to give him another shot at 170, maybe against Colby, maybe against somebody else. I don't know, but I'm picking Hamzat against anybody that they throw him in there with against Usman against Leon. Like Jed said, that line is going to be off the charts for Hamzat Shemaev. I'm just, I'm a believer in his talent right now. And I think Usman, I think he kind of has a foot out the door, if you will. I don't think he's got a lot of legs left. I think we've, he's hit his ceiling and Shamayev is just climbing a ladder that continues to expand and it's just going to get taller and taller all by itself. And he's going to continue to climb it at a pretty ferocious pace. So yeah, maybe there's a little bit of uh, you know, potential bias here, but I stand by the number two spot. I love potential bias. Harsh. I, I live with potential what bias. What have you done for us lately, be. Kamaru? What have you done for us lately? Eh? He's beaten Colby Covington. That's mostly <laughs> what he's done lately. And Jorge Masvidal. So not a lot God. is actually the answer. God. One year you're fighter of the year. You get knocked out of the year. The next you're just getting ripped to shreds. The next, the next year you're getting knocked out of the year. Just look, no okay, if I'm wrong, Edwards better watch I will out this come year. on this Edward. show. <laughs> I will come on this show and you can just have at me. But until I am definitively proven incorrect by Hamza Chemayev vacating the division or getting knocked out by Leon Edwards, I'm standing on my corner. All right. On that note, Mike, what you got for us? Okay. So he's really not here to defend himself, but I feel at this point, especially with what we learned about my first call out and my first grievance, I got to call out Steven Morocco, even though he's not here to defend himself, because first of all, he actually has Tony Ferguson ranked higher in his rankings than AK has in his. And it's lucky for him that he's not here. I was like, it can't really get much worse. Like you can't push that. You can't push that ball downhill any faster. And then I looked at his middleweight rankings and I said to myself, you know what? I'm drop kicking this thing down the hill because Kelvin Gastelum is in his rankings. Mike, what? did you read my notes beforehand? We have the exact same stuff. How, how is this possible? Like, how is this possible? Now, look, this could all be for not in a week and a half because maybe there's a world and I don't think we're living in it that Kelvin Gastelum beats Nasruddin Imabov, but I would be stunned. I'd probably be just as surprised if Dylan Dan has fought in 2023 if Kelvin Gastelum beat Nasruddin Imabov. I think it's going to be a really horrible night for him. But he's 1-5 over his last six. This man does not deserve a middleweight ranking. He's 3-6 and six over his last nine. And I had to look this up because I had to remember this. The three wins are against Michael Bisbing, who three weeks prior got finished by George St. Pierre and was retiring anyways. 
Then he he wins a split decision over over Jacare, which most people felt he didn't deserve. Whether you scored it a draw or you scored it the other way, most people did not score that for Kelvin Gaslam. And his other win was against Ian Heinish, who is one in four in his last five. Like that's literally his resume right now. And yes, I think this is the Tom Coughlin syndrome where Tom Coughlin beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and we're like, this guy could go one in fifteen for the next eight seasons, and he'll still have a job. But he sucks as a coach, and I feel like that's where we're at with Calvin Gaslam, where we just we hold the Izzy fight and that performance, and him being so competitive in such high regard that we. St- and I think that's probably where Steven's coming from here. But he doesn't even have Jack Hermanson ranked. Like I don't have Jack Hermanson ranked either. But it's much more less egregious to have Jack Hermanson ranked because he at least tapped Gaslam in just over a minute. How this guy is in anybody's top fifteen right now is just unbelievable. So Steven. I love you. You've done a lot for my writing, but this is just bad. Like Tony Ferguson at seven and then Kevin Gaslam anywhere in a top 15 in a global ranking system is just bad. So gavel slammed. I'm done. I think that's fair. I think that was all very fair. I did exact same one, Mike. So <laughs> props, you Cheers. and I did same list of stuff. Apparently, is anyone, is anyone going to jump in to defend Stevens ranking? I said I would be Stevens I'm advocate. Not. And okay. also I'm in a position to do this. Cause I think as of two months ago, I also had Gaslam still in there. I, you you were the like last holdout yeah. among oh, us, I thought yeah. it was last holdout. And then <laughs> Steven Stevens in there with me. Um, yeah, I had Gaslam somewhere like 12, 13 for, for all the reasons that we mentioned, like, Oh, he beat, you know, a former UFC middle weight champion but like we said under pretty dubious circumstances uh the darren till win. uh sorry no, he lost darren till which is why i also had him and darren till <laughs> in the rankings way too long both of them i finally took them both out like this in the same month um so yeah I, I i think it's the same thinking behind the same flawless logic behind having uh i don't know we've talked about so many ranks today let's uh tony ferguson number eight for example um you know he hasn't lost you know he i guess he hasn't lost to uh, people ranked behind him. I think the Hermanson thing being taken out was not a mistake, but like, I think cause Delizze beat him. He just wanted to put in Delizze and, and, and uh, just bump Hermanson out. I don't know. So that's, there's a bit of a math problem there. Uh, but, but I think the reasoning is just, yeah, strength of resume. Um, but yeah, his inability to even get into the cage, much less win fights, uh, much less, much less win, excuse me, notable fights. It's that's, that's about as far as I can defend it. It's not, it's not great. It's not great. Even I, 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 I wish Stephen was you here. being an advocate. <laughs> no, no, because I, I think the strength of schedule, like I, like I said, I had him in there for a long time, uh, because of you know whatever those some of those wins in the past, like putting him to the top fifteen, and I think as you can let's, see, let's be honest, it's not the wins in the past; it's the loss to Izzy. Izzy. That is really that, yeah. this, exactly That's right. His best sure. performance is the loss to. Izzy. Sure. He hasn't so beat we'll a see. ranked guy in five years. Like uh-huh. I don't think Heinish was ranked when he beat him. I think he was like you just outside what? the top fifteen. So he needs I mean, to fight Donald Cerrone, and then, yeah. then the ranking is deserved. <laughs> then the, there you go. Cerrone place. looks like a midway right now, so there That's you true. go. We can make that happen. He might not beat him. That's my concern. On a side note, since you mentioned it, Mike, did you know that Ian Heinish went to prison? I don't know if you guys knew that or not. I just want to throw that out there. All right. No way. Okay. <laughs> he did. Real quick, how did Stephen bump up Gasolum from November to December? <laughs> 
That's a great question, Casey. <laughs> he went up. He went up a spot. He re- he removed. So, somebody two, got dropped. Hermanson. Yeah, maybe? Hermanson. Yeah. He okay, so Hermanson tapped him in like a man. That's tough. And here's, just, uh, here's what else. That's a tough look. More than any bad thing that said. Uh, he's not Hermanson here. For the loss. Yeah, he's not here to defend himself. <laughs> so yeah. it's just the, it has been noted. It has been noted. Sorry. It has been noted. I think you did an. Um, I think you did an admiral job trying to uh, to take his back, uh, AK. But yeah. yeah, Casey just. Yeah, Casey just kind of slammed the door shut and threw the deadbolts on him. So <laughs> we love you, Stephen. We love uh, you. Oh, we do. All right. Casey, uh, you have a second one for us? No, no, I'm no. I, I, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I said, this is peace, uh, peace, love, and harmony. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, Don't force him. You're here for the show. I've got, I've yeah. got, I've got okay. one. If you want to go and if you want to, I, I just, I noticed this. I just, I don't know. I thought it was a mistake. <laughs> so I was looking at the rankings when you brought up Hamza Chemayev and I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. Cause I got Chemayev at number four. I probably should have him ahead of Covington if I'm being honest. Um, I was looking, I was like, okay, okay. This is, this. and I looked. Jed Mishu, I love you, buddy. You know I do. Even though, <laughs> even though your Georgia Bulldogs beat the Ohio I'm State excited. University, it was an incredible game. I was just glad Ohio State kept it close and it wasn't like a thirty-point blowout. Uh, I'm a little upset there, but how? What in God's green earth? How do you have Jake Matthews ranked as a top ten welterweight right now? Oh, well, that's and easy. You had ranked, I have an answer you for him, this you had one. Ranked last month, well. he just got worked by Matthew Simmelsberger. Where is Simmelsberger in your rankings? No. No, he did it is the thing because these uh, rankings came out after okay, the pay-per-view okay. before the Simmelsberger. A thousand percent good for <laughs> He will be exiting these rankings. <laughs> Again, <laughs> we're, I got I, I thought you, Jake Matthews tricked me. I thought you stuck him in there as a joke. Honestly, I thought it was like, okay, he just did this as a joke to see who would notice. But then I look back, you had him ranked in November too. And listen, do I hold a bit of a grudge against Jake Matthews as one of the only fighters who has me blocked on Twitter for some reason? I have no idea why. Maybe. Maybe. But his, his, I mean, his best win, uh, yeah, he has a win over Andre Fiala. That's a good win. I'll give you that one. That's a quality win. But He tricked me yeah, with okay. that one. Diego Sanchez, Emil Meek, like, and, he, and, he's, and he's, he's, three, he's four and three in his last seven, like, or whatever. I just, I don't know. That was one that caught my eye, and I was like, was this a mistake? Did you mean, like, somebody else? Did you mean, like, you know, another fighter. Jason. Like, like, <laughs> Jason. If I if I can come to the defense of Jed here quickly, uh, look, I think both Jed and I got very we excited did. and wrapped up in this whole Jake Matthews figured it out type of dialogue <laughs> after the Fialo fight. Uh, we were both very impressed by that. I think we maybe got a little too excited. All right, that's, that's what I did the same thing. I did the same. He's still only twenty five, and I was like, oh, he's done it. He's turned the corner. Now he just because he steamrolled Fialo, who's you know a top twenty five ish guy. And I was all in, and then uh, the Simmelsberger was just awful. <laughs> just so bad. Like I was gonna return. I didn't have him right. I was gonna. Ten, you know, I was, I was I, gonna. I, got a I was gonna return to my old favorite for the folks who still have Michael Venom Page ranked. But yeah, I was. I saw. I saw Jake Matthews in there, and I was like, like, was this a mistake? Like, did you mean? Like, did out. you mean somebody else? You just accidentally put Jake Matthews in the top ten in the welterweight division? I'm just curious. No, I when I was looking over, I was like, I too looked at this and was like, Jake Matthews. I was like, Oh, that's me. Oh, and that's when I went and was like, I didn't keep him in after the loss. That's when I figured out that oh, we haven't done rankings since that fight. So it's like, okay, I, that's I honestly, I swear, I thought, I, even if it's I thought you bad. were trolling us and like just having fun to see who would notice. And then I looked in November and he was ranked there too, and I was like, What is going on here? Why is Jake Matthews in anyone's top fifteen right now? 
Look, there was a Jake Matthews moment. Maybe you weren't part of it. There was a moment. I'll take out. Jake Matthews over Brendan Lochnane, though. I'll give you that one. <laughs> wow. Uh, the I'll, I'll, we're all pointed at Jed right now. I'm going to keep the train moving. <laughs> uh, I, right I don't now. know this what other one. ones I have. So I knew those oh, were I, coming. See, I, the, the frustrating thing about this one, like I'm frustrated ahead of time and I haven't even said it yet because I know what you're going to say. I'm so excited. Like, I, like I know the exact reasoning that you're going to give me and it's just going to make me mad. But look. I understand you have a problem with what's going on with what with what's going on at lightweight generally. I also have a problem with what's going on at lightweight generally. The old guys are squatting on rankings. It's very unfair. There's a lot of young talent in this division that we all think are probably better than some of these older guys. That does not mean that Dustin Poirier is the number seven lightweight in the world. That is absolutely ridiculous. You, that's an overcompensation for the narrative that I think both of us are trying to drive, and no one else on this website has him even close to that low except for you. Fight people that aren't Michael Chandler, who sucks. <laughs> that's it. It's just... God, I knew this. I knew this. <laughs> I'm not here to tell you that Dustin Poirier isn't great. I'm here to tell you... That if he fought as Zamakachev or Charles Oliveira or Benil Dariush or Matush Gamrat or Armin Sarukian or Rafael Fazeev, they'd all beat him. Feel really good about that. That's it. Frankly, I might have him too high because I might just not be giving <laughs> Jalen Turner the credit he deserves. I haven't quite figured out what I what I feel about the Tarantula right now. Or Grant Dawson. We got a bunch of hot shit young dudes coming up at 155. Demir Ismagulov may or may not be retiring. Probably beats Dustin Poirier if they fought. It's look, I Poirier is great. I will always watch him fight. Love watching him fight. He's probably gonna get a title fight before most of the people have ranked above him just because of the name value. But he lost to Charles Oliveira, as AK said. We aren't we aren't giving people props for their losses. Uh, his wins, Conor McGregor. Not super relevant to kind of relevant, true, not relevant to rankings, very relevant writ large, not for the rankings. Don't give a shit about beating Conor McGregor in 2021 does not matter to me. Justin Gaethje is his best recent win. Probably unless somebody else has something that I am, you know, they want to make the argument for one of those other ones. And that was still a long time ago. And I have Gaethje behind him. Look, I get why you have them up there, but I'm done with it. I'm done with the squatters, man. <laughs> fight people that don't fight the same four dudes who are all old. Fight the new guys, and then we can reassess you. Credit to Benil Dariush. This is what happens. Benny Dariush was like 10 in my rankings. Then he's like, I'll fight Gamrot. F it. Beats Gamrot. Now he's three. That's how you get rewarded. You fight the guys on the come up. <laughs> Hold your spot down instead of round robining it with the same four old. Men. Can I? Can I? Can I back up Jed here real quick? Because I actually have poor A ring much higher. But I'm going to back up Jed here for one second because I agree with both of you guys about squatting on the rankings. But here's one thing that I'm about. Dustin Poirier is about to plummet in my next rankings, and here's why. He had a chance to basically get a number one contenders fight against Benil Dariush, and he said, uh, "Benil's not really. That doesn't really get me excited. Doesn't really. Not, not real. Not really interested." So, what are you interested in? If you're not interested in ben, Benny Dariush, who's on a freaking run right now, who looked incredible against Matush Gamera, your teammate, by the way, uh, and you don't find interest in that fight, so what are you interested in? Like, what? What is good? So that right there, like that statement in and of itself, made me want to drop him 
to like number 10 in the rankings because that is ridiculous. Like you, you're not going to fight Benil Darius because you don't find him interesting enough or he's not a big enough name. Cause if that's what it's all about, it's just about big names. Go fight Connor for an eighth time. I'm, I have no problem with that. Make a million dollars, make $10 million. I, zero, I have zero problem. If he just continuously fights Conor McGregor from now until doomsday and they both clean up on money. I'm fine. He wants to fight Nate Diaz. Go clean up, make that money. You turn down Benny Darius, the guy who's actually on a run who could get you a title shot. Maybe you just don't want to fight Islam Makachev. I understand that. But Benny Darius wants to fight Islam Makachev. He had to fight. He wants that fight. He desperately wants that fight. He may lose, but he's calling for it. You had a chance to fight him and you didn't? Like, that's going to, I'm, I'm seriously, like, I'm with Jed on this one. I may drop him like five spots in the next rankings. Yes. We Hell told the squatters. This is not the here's, result I wanted. Here's what I, I'm the prince of positivity, but for 2023, I would like to see us factor in spite more <laughs> into the equation. One day. It's not, a, it's already too yes, much. In. AK, Jed, no, me, dark side, Jed, Jed, no, Jed, I'm not saying I will. But Jed, tell me that doesn't like, and you're, and again, I'm not making your argument for you, but tell me that does like, if he had gone and fought Benny Darius, then you'd have a different reason to rank Poirier. But he, he's basically saying, I'm turning down that fight because it's not a big enough name. Whereas Benny, if but, he even had acted like he Benil, wanted to Benil fight did too, not, like, Benil Darius on a win streak did not have to fight Matush Gamrock. He didn't. Like he, that was not a fight that was going to necessarily get him closer to a title, but he took it and he won. He looked great in that fight and Matush Gamrock was on a run. He just beat Armin Saruki, one of the best fights of the year. All those kind of things. You turn that fight down, I'm basically counting that as a loss on your record. That's how I'm doing the next rankings. You turn it down, you say you're not interested, you're that. getting dropped. I love that energy. I'm not going to count it as a loss, but it is... <laughs> It's that, you know, I understand the business decision and that's fine. You make your business decision. I'm going to make my <laughs> rankings decision. And that's, that's just how it's going to be. Cause you, you can fight these other dudes, but you, the fact that he isn't interested is so damning too, because again, I understand it. But what that tells me is that Dustin Poirier's next fight is not going to be relevant. Or, I mean, it'll be, it'll be important, but he is not going to fight. Armand Sarukian or Rafael Faziv, his next fight is going to be Conor McGregor or whatever. Why am I holding him in the almost same spot that, frankly, AK has Tony Ferguson ranked at when he's not going to fight a dude who's ranked like this? I, I have made my stand. Give me the young blood. Give me the people who are trying to make it happen. And you might just be convincing me to just shove Jalen Turner and Grant oh, Dawson geez. and everybody just zoom them right on up there. Just out with the old in with the new baby RDA. Get out of my lightweight rankings. Yeah. You shouldn't be I'm there. Team, I'm team. I'm team. Jet. Even staying. though I have him ranked higher, I'm team jet on this one. <laughs> I hate, I hate what I've brought into this yes. world. I hate that More I've done spite. this. <laughs> All I'm saying is 13 months ago, you had Dustin Poirier as your number one lightweight in the world. He lost one fight to the man who's currently your number two lightweight in the world. And all of a sudden that causes him to, to plummet down these rankings because of other people's also, decisions. You're also not factoring in that he looked bad against Michael Chandler, who sucks. <laughs> so again, you are not factoring in enough how much Michael Chandler sucks and the fact that Poirier struggled to win that fight. <laughs> All right. I, I regret that I have only to pass the microphone to you because you're the last one up on our round table here for the last group. And I'm so excited. So I, my last one's not going to be that bad. Um, because it's not actually really going at any of us, frankly, because Mike took a lot of mine. Me and Mike were simpatico on many of these. My two big ones we've already discussed. The last thing I have written down, it's, I have a huge problem 
with the entire Bantamweight division, the female <laughs> Bantamweight division. It is a travesty. Um, there's really just no other word for it. Uh, I did a little research when I was, I was doing an all-star column for who are the all-stars of 2022 cross the weight classes. Great all, column on a great website. Great, Go website, check it great out. column. Check it out. All of them were very easy for the most part. Some of them were hard. Cause it was like, well, I got so many options to choose from women's band and weight was the one, one division where it was like, I don't have any options to choose from. There are no people who have stood out in this weight class, and there's a reason for it. If you go to Tapology, very great website as well, they have rankings. They're not as good as our rankings, but they, they're extensive. They do hundreds of people. Their top 50 women's bantamweights combined for 59 fights in 2022. That is not factoring in most of those fights were against each other. There is just nothing happening in this weight class. Nobody is fighting three times. Three times a year is a miracle if a women's bantamweight fights that many times. Most of them are getting one. Very few get two. Nothing is happening in this weight division. And I'd like to throw out an idea, guys, to build on our 2023. I, th I suggest this. We don't have to have a Bantamweight ranking. We can just say, <laughs> nope. We get rid of the women's Bantamweight ranking. We replace it with women's heavyweight, which is 126 and up. We just rank every female fighter over the flyweight limit. And then we can have a ranking for Larissa Pacheco and Chris Cyborg and, uh, you know, those fighters. And we don't have to struggle to find 15 people to put in this thing month over month. Because right now, I have an empty space at 15 that I am tentatively filling in with a woman who has never fought in like a real organization. Because she at least has a win streak because this division is just... And let's not forget we're and let's let's not forget we're about to lose another one because Sarah McMahon's going to featherweight. She's currently yep. she's currently ranked in the top ten and everybody's bantamweight. She's going to featherweight. So there's another one gone. Yeah, it's just Lucy Pudilova is is holding on to my number fourteen <laughs> spot, which should tell you everything you know. My grievance is not with you, fine people, or the fighters themselves, but the very concept of a win women's bantamweight division. Because what was once the premier division in female combat sports has fallen so far. Well. I literally just had to Google your number 15 because I had no Ari, idea who she Ari's was. Dixon. And it's some random like regional promotion. Melissa fighter. Melissa Dixon. Melissa yeah, Dixon. Aries, Aries fight dumb. Alexis, she fought within the last year, David. Alexis Davis. Alexis Davis is all in our rankings. And I was like, when did she fight? And she's not even in the UFC anymore. I was like, when did she fight last? Like, and I like Alexis Davis, but I was like, why does that feel sure. like she hasn't fought for like three years? 59 total fights among the top 50. And that's probably really like 30 because yeah. they probably yeah. imagine like used to yeah. be fighting well, each most other. Most of those are matchups because I didn't, I should have honestly done the numbers. If you look at just like UFC women's bantamweight fights and who there, there are like six of them. It is so, so. Yana left, had a kid and came back and she's still in like the top seven for everybody. Und <laughs> undeniably <laughs> in the top seven, like not even an argument. The, the MMA 
prize fighting industry has completely given up on women that weigh 135 pounds. There's just not fights for them. There just there are no fights for them. I know. I mean, I, I, I am I'm personal friends of Sarah Kaufman, who at her worst was to me still a top 10 bantamweight. And she literally retired because like, I just can't get any fights. I just have to, I'm just done with it. And, um, yeah, it's just, um, it, I'm there's, more, there's just no I'm way to make a living. At 20, I'm more intrigued now by featherweight and lightweight in women's than I am in bantamweight. Like Pacheco Harrison four. I'm actually kind of intrigued by that cyborg, even though, you know, she didn't really have a lot of competition. Like, interesting therapy man going over there okay it's something you know there's some you know some decent fight there's i mean there's nothing at, at least they're fighting Bantuale. they're fighting at least that's it yeah yeah it's like what, what, what is the biggest fight you could make at women's 135 right now with with not obviously not without bumping valentina shevchenko up for the new oh, i was about to say that's no, the that's answer not a cha- that's not a championship fight. just a good fight have been, it's not a championship fight yeah it's like a non-amanda yeah. Nunes. but any fight what's the best fight no even if you want to pick amanda Nunes as yeah. one half of it what's the biggest fight you can make at 135 it, right now i there's i have nothing it, like I, it is <laughs> probably ketlin vieira versus raquel pennington the one that's that happening one january 14th yeah if that happens, we talked about it on a different show. There hasn't been a bantamweight fight in the a women's bantamweight fight in the UFC since October. So if this even happens, we're still talking about almost three full months without one fight in the division. And the problem is, like Bellator doesn't have a one thirty five division. No, I one, don't. One I don't think one does, doesn't right? have one. Literally, no. So it's. I guess UFC is the only major promotion and, and right Victor, now. Invicta still has one kicking yeah, around. And Invicta, yeah. yeah, of course, of course, Invicta has one as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's why I'm I'm suggesting for 2023. Let's we don't need to be stuck to the the forces of the UFC and their belt structure. We don't do a featherweight. Let's just combine them. Then I don't have to look through the Aries FC <laughs> bantamweight fights to determine who is going to get spots 14 and 15. Cause I can no. just throw yeah. cyborg Pacheco Harrison in and feel good about myself. I don't know who, and I don't know who my number 15 is. I, that's a name I put down, but I don't know who that is to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have never seen her fight before. Couldn't pick her out of a crowd of two. <laughs> No, here's the thing though. The world. Here's the thing though about this whole conversation. <laughs> There's no end in sight. Like this is this is a thing that we have been talking about now for probably like close to a year. And by the end of this year, we're probably still going to be talking about it because there's no actual like who are the Aaron Blanchfields and Man of Fioros and like Casey O'Neill's coming up at 135. Because every other division has that. Like there is nothing. There is no future in this division right now. Like once all these old guard women sort of fade out, what's even going to be left? I mean, I had to rank Lena Landsberg and Lucy Pudalova at 14 and 15. And I feel really bad about that. Like I legitimately am like, do I really like, do I have to rank people? I think I messaged you about that at one point, Sheen. I was like, do I really need 15? Like, do, is that like a requirement to be in the rankings? I have to actually rank 15 fighters. Cause it means I have to rank Lena Landsberg and Lucy Pudalova as, as top 15 fighters. That's just bad. Like that's just egregiously bad. And Lena's Lena's last three in a yeah, row. Like, <laughs> like that's just that's a, that's how that's how far down that's the barrel that's how that's far down the at. barrel I had to dig to find someone for fourteen and fifteen. And even like Chelsea Chandler had a had a really solid UFC debut because she was supposed to fight at one thirty five, and then a, her opponent fell out, and then Stoli Ranko jumped in. And they did a catchweight at one forty, mm-hmm. and Chandler just killed her, just ran her over, and of course 
Chandler's like, all right, well, my next fight, I want to do at 145. <laughs> so that like eliminates her from the conversation as well. It's just bad. I think like the only other woman that we don't have that is even on a win streak, and I think at least one of them, if not both, we're at 145 is Jocelyn Edwards. That's that's where we're at right that's, now. It's tough. Tough sledding. Uh, would you guys like to know how many Bantamweight fights are on the books per for top 50 fighters per topology right now? Three. Oh, no, you're low. We, they have eight. Eight of them are on the books. So maybe we can get a little more action in this division, but... Uh, it's still questionable. And I think there's a legitimate chance, like, because there's no one left for her to find, like, Amanda Nunes may just, like, retire soon. Like, she may just be like, you know what? I, and then then we're really in then we're really in trouble because at least right now, at least we have Amanda Nunes anchoring the top. If she actually does retire, like, oh, my God. Like, I just, that you might lose a panelist because I don't know if I could legitimately put myself to where I'd want to rank someone else as number one. It's It's bad, and I just wanted to bring that up. No, it's a bad situation. Uh, and I think that's a great way to end uh, this whole show. Is it? Real bummer like that. Is it? On a real, real bummer that's, like that. You that's know? how ending They're the- trying to bring some levity to the, to the space and we end like that. I feel uh, better. No. I feel better. I, I don't I feel, feel like better about, I don't feel better about having Tony Ferguson number eight. I need to, I need to, I need to look inward. I need to look inward. My look rankings, inward. my no, rankings might look a little different today. Yeah. Yeah. This is important. It's important. I, we had this talk. We've all grown today. Uh, we've all learned some things about ourselves, about each other. Uh, I think we've all come to understand, uh, maybe some, you know, we all make mistakes. I made some mistakes. You guys made some mistakes. Uh, in the end, we're still friends though. I feel like that didn't get too heated. That was pretty yeah. reasonable. Yeah. It was much, much nicer than last time. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that has been the second annual airing of grievances. We appreciate all of you for tuning in. We appreciate everyone here uh, for joining in. Jed Mashu, A.K. Lee, the undefeated E.K.C. Lady, Mike Heck, and Damon Martin. Uh, also, our two panelists that couldn't make it, Stephen Morocco and Guillermo Cruz. Happy New Year again to everyone. Uh, really looking forward to what we have in store for 2023. Keep it locked to MMA fighting. Thank you again. We love you. We'll see you soon. Love you guys. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.